Reactions to Apple's WWDC keynote. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is brought to you by the Mac Voices Slack, available to all patrons of Mac Voices. Sign up today at patreon.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, it's only a few hours after Apple's WWDC keynote, and we have a full panel to talk about. Well, we'd love to talk about everything, but I think what we're going to do is try to talk about some of the things that most impressed each one of us that we thought were the most interesting. Um, So um, we're going to go around the room, find out who's here, and then go from there. Um, so first up, um, coming to him to us from a hotel room, uh, Mr. David Ginsburg. David, welcome. <laughs> it's good to have you. Good, to, good to be here. Yes, uh, I ended up on the East Coast, and you're in my home in the Central Time Zone. So, go figure. But yeah, yeah here, here, good working uh, and uh, couldn't miss the show. So I, I uh, didn't go out to dinner with the with the team, and I'm here because I'm just so dedicated to Mac Voice. Well. That's great. We appreciate it, David. We definitely appreciate it. <laughs> Mr. Jim Ray is here with Shades of Dub Dub Past. Jim, good to have you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was, that was quick. Silent movies. Okay. I salute you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jeff Gammon is here. Jeff, welcome. Great to have you as always. Chuck Joyner, it's great to be here with you. Yes, in my hotel room. That's Ooh. right. It's great That's to be here with you in your hotel yeah. room. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Mac Voices from the hotel. Yeah, it's um, all Mac Voices after dark now. Yeah, yeah. really, really. Um, Warren Score is here very bravely running a machine that he has already installed betas on. And he's only had one hiccup so far. Warren, good to see you. I'm kidding. All, all's good. <laughs> Um, I was making a joke. Um, no, everything, uh, we're having a good time. Uh, WWDC is, uh, good and, uh, yeah, excited to uh, talk about it. All right. Sounds good. Frank Petrie is here as well. Frank, good to have you. Thanks for having me. Nice to see you're out in the sunshine and I hope everybody enjoyed, uh, today's event. I'm right there with you and we'll find out as we go through this. Uh, Mark Fuccio has come uh, this time with a with a news oriented background. Mark, welcome. Thank you, Chuck. Uh, hello, fellow panelists. Brittany Smith is here, and Brittany, it looks like you have a different camera tonight. It's the same camera. It's just a different location. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I, I'm not maybe. suddenly on the beta on my Mac and using my phone <laughs> as the camera. I promise. <laughs> Well, you may, still there. Yeah, well, you may want to take uh, note of the lighting because it really you will look extra great tonight. So, thanks. Yeah. It's the window. It's a window. <laughs> Kelly, <laughs> dining room. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'll use that as a segue to welcome Kelly Gamont. Kelly, good to have you. And you're muted. Uh, you're muted, Kelly. I am using a phone as my webcam, but I'm not. I haven't installed a beta or anything, so um, I'm just sort of doing it the the old school shipping software way because I'm apparently not living life on the edge at this moment. Uh, so, yeah. Very apparently, smart. I should be in. My, apparently, I should be uh, coming to you from my dining room more often because that's where Brittany's sitting and she looks great. So. 
Okay, fine. Yes. Go behind that door. Yeah. yeah. Um, so That's guys, after we, dark, Frank. Yeah. I've got a line very I'm easy not, to entertain. I know, yeah. but I'm not going to use the line I'm, I'm thinking of. Chuck, um, <laughs> Chuck started it by broadcasting from broadcasting and, and inviting us all into his hotel room. Like, this is really yeah. awesome. Yes, so, that, that's yeah. true. Well, that's an there's, two, there's there's two hotel rooms here, so yeah. <laughs> oh, we yeah. got to go run back and forth. The party is that big. Yeah. Holy <laughs> oh, jeez! I, I was going to try to keep with me. I was trying to keep this under control, folks, but it's just not happening. Uh, um, hey, we had a really full keynote today. Um, I, I I would say arguably one of the one of the fastest and most complete keynotes that I recall in a while, because it seemed like there was something for everyone. So we're not going to try to go through everything that was announced simply because you can go and watch the keynote. It's playing right now live on Apple's site. Go and go and watch it if you wish. So I'm, I'm going to go around just ask folks um, sort of randomly, give me one thing that really impressed you um, and why. Um, and so I, and since it is dub dub, I'm going to ask Jim Ray to start us out. Jim, what was what was one one particular thing that really hit you between well, the eyes? I, you know, I think the 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 one thing is that there was no one thing. So, like three years ago was Swift UI, and that was like the big theme. Two years ago, Apple Silicon, and that was the big thing. And this year, there was you know it was just like you know fifty little things or you know whatever. There wasn't any really big things. But I will mention that Apple did announce a new computer with a touch bar today. So yeah. who had that who had that on their bingo card? <laughs> I'm confused. No. It's a really uh, big fat touch bar the, the, and you can the, use it in portrait no, or no, landscape. No, 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 the Mac Pro. The 13 the inch M2 Mac Pro. Mac Pro has a touch they bar. They didn't change it. Yeah. 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 Oh, it does? didn't really oh. mention it. Yeah. I was kind of like yeah. looking at it in the slides and like, that looks I think like they probably just. The product photo has it like at such an <clears throat> angle that it's hard to tell. You it's, can't it was hard see to tell, it. but I, you know, they I just got it to show. Yeah, they just got to show and put the M2 in there though, right? Because they didn't want all the nerds to talk about the touch bar. I, yeah. I, I thought the camera thing was really cool. Um, that was that was something that jumped out at me. Obviously, M2 it was kind of like it seemed like that you know should be like a huge thing, and kind of was just another you know. Oh, yeah, we got a new processor. All right, next. Um, they did spend a long time on it, though. I mean, did they? I mean, what's a long time? Really. Not my brain was time. mostly fried by then, but they There's, did talk about it and they they went gonna, into the lab. Yeah, but what are they going to say? They said what it was. It was faster. They gave you a percentage of it of 18 percent faster than on. one. And then they moved on. Power what else? usage. Yeah, and, that was about it. You know, you know, well, they talked else, about power usage and transistors and a number of things that like don't ever really seem to matter to me, but they really wanted to talk about them. So they, that's the only reason I remember it is because I'm like. Yeah. I don't really need any of this. So I don't it's the know same as last because it hasn't changed much. It's basically yeah, the it, same. It kind of seem more like the M1.2 yeah. to me. What I don't uh, what I what I didn't hear is if they made the Mac 13 any different than the new era. And what's the difference? Because the Yeah, really. Well, yeah. the new the new era has it's it's a new, you know, it's a new metal. 
Um, it's got no, no. Touch. yeah it's got, performance uh, performance wise because last year the Air versus the Pro 13 was tough, right? Everybody was getting everybody was not getting people were trading in the pros for the Air because it was uh, I, I cheaper. I think for performance they're similar, but the the new Air it has Mag MagSafe plus mm -hmm. two uh, USB Cs, whereas plus it has a Retina display. They both did. Yeah. It had a Retina yeah. display last year yeah. too. It has yeah. a notch now, right? It, it has. But a last notch. year, last year, the difference—the the decision between the Mac Pro 13 and the Air 13—was a tougher decision than this year. Because this year, so. you, this year, you're getting a whole different computer with the Air. Like if I was going out today to buy either an Air, the new Air, or the new Pro, I would definitely not get the new Pro. It looks like the last year's Pro, and the new Air looks great, and it has MagSafe. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's the spiritual successor to the old MacBook Pro that didn't have a retina display and still yeah. had, you know, replaceable RAM and a CD-ROM and, and yeah. Some people are saying it's, it's sort of like, like spiritual success. Some people say it's a marketing thing to have that thing there. It's not really even nobody's gonna, yeah. not a lot of people are gonna yeah. buy it, mm -hmm. but it's a lot of people are gonna say. But they will. But a lot of people say. And they'll well, say to me, "What? Well, mine's a Pro. Why can't it do this thing? They put Pro in the name." Right, because I think if you're buying the Pro, I think what's going to happen if you're going there to look at the 13-inch Pro, Apple's going to say, if you need to do this and this, get the 14 or 16-inch, and if you need to do this and this, get this Air. I think well, it's going to be something that, you know, they're going to try to... I'm talking to you but, on the 13-inch Pro. I'm not saying it's a bad It's computer. pretty Pro. I, I, you know, I'm not... Well, that's that's the thing. You know, it, I mean, look, they they put the M2 in the Air, so they almost had to put it in the 13-inch MacBook Pro. Did they? You know, wasn't the or discontinue Intel it. based until like, today? Mm -hmm. Say again, I mean, Mark. Wasn't the 13 inch Intel based until today, or was that? No, no, no. It was an M1. My work computer is a 13 inch, 13 inch well, M1 Air from last summer. Why it's continuing to be like why we needed another one that that sort of is but isn't but has the same name but isn't quite the same thing is just confusing and it's going to be even more confusing for people who don't have one of us as a member of their family or of a social circle where we are around to offer advice for stuff like this because it's weird to have a 13 inch that's better than a 14 inch but not quite as good as, but way better than, but there's also this other one that's M1. Right, like, but who's going to, is anyone else going to recommend? than the 14-inch. Hold on, is anyone, if anybody wanted a computer, does anybody recommend the 13-inch new MacBook Pro? I'm not. I'm going to yeah. save, save 100 and get the Air. Oh, absolutely. Spend $300, spend 400 more and get the 14-inch Pro. It's a lot more powerful with more ports. I would have to look at exactly what all the differences are. Listen, don't forget, this is a keynote. I mean, it is not a buyer's guide. So we're all going to have to take a good hard look at the specs, you know, and see. I don't know what the exact capabilities are. I mean, one differentiation is the touch bar, like it or not. Mm -hmm. um, MagSafe is a differentiation. M2 is a differentiation. No, so I don't know. M2 no. is not a differentiation. Any MagSafe is oh, Excuse me. Yeah. They both, well, have, the, they the, both the, have the MagSafe too. No. No. Well, yeah. it's no, one of the, the buying. It's one of the buying decisions. Right, right, right. The 13-inch Pro doesn't have the. Yeah, the yeah. but it's an M1. That's a differentiation. Do you want an M1? Do you want an Air? Do you want a Pro? Do you want an M2? All of these are different things that are going to lead you down different paths. And like, 
the number of SKUs from this is going to end up being a disaster. Like for, for a mere mortal who walks into an Apple store and says, I need a new computer. You know, I, I want a new, I want a new laptop. Like, and there's two, this is going to yeah. be I know to get oh. the air. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Give, give it up, Warren. Mark, and uh, we're going to have to go to, to, to notes in the chat. So oh, we got to get in the corner. Okay. Yeah, this I, is tough. I, I think that when you look at uh, the cost for the product, instead of, you know, what it's named and what its spec is, I think a lot of people are going to be differentiated, you know, by price. Now there may be, there may be some pros out there that, you know, may, may be ambivalent, but you know, I think for a lot of ordinary users or, you know, back to school people, uh, et cetera, I think that, uh, price will be the determining factor because they'll say, oh, it's 13 inch that or 13 inch this. And, you know, I don't quite understand all the technical differences between the other ones, but this one's a couple hundred dollars less for the configuration I want. Boom. That's the one I'm going to get. Yeah. Jeff, you put, you just said something interesting in our chat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So would you like to repeat it? <laughs> Sure. Pants. I, I, oh, I said wow. it's it's like Performa and Centris all over again, and uh, what I mean by that is that Apple is now uh, setting up their uh, Mac product line where it's getting confusing for the average person to figure out what Mac they actually need, right. and uh, and what the differences are between the different models that they might uh, be considering. Yeah, you know, this, I find this this fascinating. Uh, David, go ahead. I'll let you make your point. No, I was just going to talk. You were talking about the MacBook Pro, the 13 inch, and I, I mean, it, it's all. It's I only think it's even more than a year since they introduced the M1 MacBook Pro 13 inch. Um, it was popular enough. I mean, people were buying it. Uh, then you have, but then they uh, out of the blue they decided to they announced the M2 and and. It has a touch bar, which is, you know, I Jim just touched upon that earlier. And it's like, wait, I went back and looked like, holy cow, it does. So, I mean, we, we all thought that Apple was going to abandon the touch bar and they didn't. So I can't see, not say I wouldn't recommend the 13 inch. It all depends on the person that's going to be uh, wanting to use it. Um, but it uh, from watching the keynote, and I'm fresh watching the keynote. I mean, I just finished just about the minutes before we, we started up here. So um, it, was you know they were saying that this this machine has some pretty decent power you know, comparatively speaking for for a much more budget price but is a pro uh, a pro processing machine um yeah the air's got uh, an m2 as well but you know air is a little different but I, I think this is i would recommend this if, if it's somebody wants just basic but a decent laptop and not have to spend the big money for a macbook pro and the 14 or the 16. Did you notice too that the um, that they mentioned education pricing on the M1 yeah. Air, and yeah. that that makes Everything. me think that that's the target, the you know? Yeah, well, yeah. and they they also still have the old Air, right? Yeah. They're going to continue to sell the M1 M1 Air as well. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I I just wonder if they, you know. We hear so much about Apple needs to drop their prices, you know, and people don't want to pay the Apple tax for everything. So is this their way of doing it? Just like they did with the Apple Watch. You know, they dropped the prices and let the older models in the, in the lineup. How popular they are, I don't know. Selling Series 3 and it won't run Watch OS 9. Yeah, the Series yeah. 3 is on the stock. 
That's it. Just it, they should stop. I bet that's going to be pulled. They just haven't done it yet. Yeah, that's a that's on the top. My initial thought was that's why the store went down was because that was the thing that was going to go away. When I once I saw that and hadn't seen that the store had come back up yet and saw that Watch OS 9 wasn't going to run on Series 3, I figured that it's because the Series 3 was was not coming back when the store came back. It was going to not make the cut. Yeah. So, I I mean, I, I get the impression that you all weren't impressed with the with the M2. And Kelly, you, I'm, I'm surprised because you're a little more technical. No, I'm I mean, super impressed with the M2. Uh, okay. I was, Same. and I said that they spent, they spent time talking about it and I'm, um, I'm glad I'm, that they did. I think it's, I think the, the rollout was weird, like in the, in the way that they did it as part through the keynote presentation. Cause it was like, wait, you just told me about this, this hot new processor. And like, it's so amazing that now I can get a computer that's blue. That's not going to be the same blue as any other thing that you make that is currently blue, because why would you make that make sense? And yet, um, uh, you know, then all of a sudden it was, we also have this other machine that has a touch bar, but we're not going to tell you about it. And, you know, and it's, it's going to yeah. do this other thing that's 13 inch instead of 14 inch. And then, and because, and it just sort of felt I don't know, kind of herky jerky, like the rest of it felt like it flowed really nice. And that just sort of felt wrong somehow. Um, I'm super excited about the M2. I really wish that um, uh, they had spent a little more time on, on rolling that out and maybe not worrying about a 13 inch machine. That's just sort of, you know, it kind of felt like we have all these unibody bodies for the old ones here. And we, so we're just going to put processors in them. Like we used to talk about, um, you know, why aren't they changing the connector on the iPhone or why do they still make one with a home button? You know, like they did all that R and D and they've got it for free. And so they're just going to use it as long as they can. Um, right. the M2 looks really impressive, uh, from a, from a regular standpoint. Like if I thought that there would be somebody who would give the M1 that I'm talking to you now from, you know, the, the OG M1 13 inch MacBook pro, I would go get one of those M2 airs you know, a nice blue one with the coordinating cable. And did anyone else notice that now you can get a power brick from Apple with two charging yeah. ports? It's yeah. like Apple finally realized that there's somebody out there who bought more than one slab of glass from Apple and they might all need to charge at the same time. But that like, one was... felt a little passive aggressive to me. It was like Apple saying, "Because there should be you want you want two or you want two ports on that. Fine, we'll give you two ports on a thirty-five watt charger. Take that." <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's, Jeff. Exactly. It, it was a little. They did. Somebody rolled out and chose violence the morning they decided that was going to be that <laughs> power brick. Luckily, because it's USB-C, you can go buy a nicer one. Uh, from someone else that has way more throughput that will make that happen for you. Um, no, no, no. It's right. going to be the it's going to be the cloth of this year. They're going to sell out. <laughs> They're, Somebody they're, else said tomorrow, the same thing. Next tomorrow, there's not going to be any left in stock until like 2003. Yeah, confirmed. There's, there's a new. One. Yeah, there's, yeah, a there's, new a, there's an M2 cleansing cloth, right, for the notch. Um, yeah, and like yeah. the notch and knot was also a weird decision. Um, but I'm I'm excited about it because I'm glad to see it continuing to evolve. I'm glad to see that that more is coming to the m processor that that the innovation is continuing to happen it's it's really nice to see and i'm looking forward to it like i said i wish i could get my hands on one i would like that very much um i want 
like I I was I was glad to see it and I was glad to see that they had um continuing like evolution and update. It felt like there was a lot of refinement in this particular keynote overall. I know we're not to like final thoughts or anything, but like overall it felt like a lot of refinement, which was kind of what we wanted was like things that we've given you, we're gonna make them work better now. And uh some things that are like huge that came out of it are like refinements to things that already exist, like doing better things in messages, doing better things in mail, stuff like that. Like mail is a known quantity, messages is a known quantity, and we're adding a little bit of extra stuff to those things, not overhauling them, but making them a little bit better, a little more easier to use, that kind of thing. So it, uh, let me get the chat room in here because this will help take us to the ne next topic. And also it's a point that, you know, needs to be addressed. Uh, Mark in the chat room says, speaking of pricing, MacBook Air seems close enough to iPad Pro pricing that I wonder why someone would get an iPad Pro at this point, or am I missing something? Mm. It depends yeah. on your use case. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. the, the price points can be about the same and you can have very different use cases. So that seriously, that's what it comes down to for that. Yeah. Are you going to use the efficiency cores or the graphic cores? Well, not only not only that, but you know the thing that I, I don't know about you all, but I tend to forget about it because I've I've already got one, and that's a few hundred dollars more, and that is a keyboard. You know, mm -hmm. if if I'm doing oh, heavy yeah. keyboard work, I'm yeah. not going to want an iPad Pro as great as it is, unless I'm going to spend the extra money to get that keyboard. So right. you know, but but Jeff said it, or Frank said it, somebody said it. It's the use case. It depends on what you yeah, want. It yeah, the right tool for the job is is always going to be the right tool for the job, to, you know, and it depends on what what the job may or may not be. And mm -hmm. as an ancillary device, maybe in some cases it makes sense, you know, if this is going to not be your primary machine, um, maybe the MacBook Air is the right thing to be your satellite device. Maybe the iPad Pro is the right thing to be your satellite device. It's going to just depend. And if most of the time you don't need a keyboard or, you know, you can get like a little Bluetooth jobby and use that instead, you know, then, you know, on the occasional situation where you need one, then maybe you're all set and maybe it's not a big deal. And that's going to be the thing that's going to, you know, make a difference for a lot of folks is figuring out, um, you know, which move is the right move. I want your brain to explode. Listen to the latest Mac Power Users podcast that Federico Ficicci was on and listen to him in great detail for like an hour go into how fantastic the Mac is. And it's like my, my whole universe is, you know, unbound. <laughs> yeah, especially he's the big iPad guy. Right, exactly. And it's just like, what? Well, so did we see another move here today toward making the iPad that much more Mac-like? Especially given that what, what was it? Stage manager applies yeah. to now Mac right. OS Ventura as well as iPad OS. So, you know, this is a feature now. This is, I mean, this is a feature now is debuting on both at the same time. Right. First time they had to put a put a put a, uh, a feature between Mac OS and iPad OS. I was, I mean, for the, the, the a few times I've, I I watched iPad that iPad OS segment, uh, I was very impressed to see what they did having that uh, stage manager to work. It was very, very seamless moving, uh, moving uh, apps between multitasking, being able to drive things over into, into different mm -hmm. windows, 
Uh, and the same thing on Mac OS. I mean, I love the fact that someone was able to actually, he was able to drag something right into, into Final Cut Pro and it it came right in and had the titles and everything right in there using Stage Manager. So I, I think this technology that that was, you're at, you were asking for an impressive uh, new features. I go between both those OSs. That, that was very impressive. I, I don't think it bringing in the titles had to do with Stage Manager. I think Stage Manager is window manage, management. Well, that's what um, I meant. It's when it was able to move that into FileMaker, yeah, into, I mean, into Final Cut, and then and, then be able to work with it after. You know, I said there was you know no big huge thing, but Stage Manager on the iPad maybe is. Yeah, it, it's kind of like well, they kind of buried it at the end, and you know, it seems like they could have spent a half an hour on on that, and I, I'm really curious to see more about it and play more with it because yeah, that's like a huge. Wait, you can resize windows. You can, you know, have, you know, windows in front of each other uh, on an iPad. That is that even an iPad anymore? Yeah, um, it depends on how easy it's going to be to do. Like how right, you know, how hard is it going to be in the to pudding, operate? But that? that's yeah. like really a, a, a um, and ambitious. Um, but you were talking so, with the keyboard and mouse. I think you need the keyboard and mouse because I tried. On my mini after I updated and I saw nothing. Uh, it's not a feature, it's available for the mini. No, it's not, no, yeah. It's gotta really? be the pro. And does it does mm -hmm. it, it does it work on any How the hell does it mean M1 Pro? Ha has to be an M1. M1 Pro. Which is an the most recent uh, so air on or my, the most recent pros. Air or pro. Right. Yeah. That's, M1 Air or M1 that explains pro. it. All right. So this is the first well, time it's they've done that, right? They've separated well, a feature. They separated a feature between iPads on the same version. No, they've oh. they've been doing that with the iPad Mini for a while. But, yeah, yeah, like what? yeah. But there's a lot of a lot of iPads that this isn't going to be for. So that you know, I guess yeah. you know that get back that gets back to to Mark's question in the chat. You know, there have yeah. been over the last several years a lot of people saying, "Why would I pay all that money for an iPad Pro?" And so Apple's trying to give them a reason yeah, yeah. That's not good. well if you take the things to me that uh as these platforms evolve yes they are getting closer in terms of functionality I, I think the essential difference may be what is your primary way to interact with it if you want to interact you know more with a keyboard and mouse boom you're a mac territory you know if you want yeah. to you know, touch, touch the screen and maybe use a tablet for you know, all sorts of uh, you know, uh, you know hand-based uh, operations. You know, then uh, then the uh, iPad is iPad Pro is probably the right machine. Um, but again, I think as, as Jeff was saying, it goes back to you. You know, there's very different use cases, and I really maybe overly boiled it down into sort of the essential differences. You know, I see that we'll maintain as this goes forward, but uh, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, because uh, don't forget these past couple of quarters, the iPad, you know, has uh, uh, has uh, been, you know, extremely supply constrained and down in unit volume, uh, whereas yeah. the Mac has been up. So I'm, I'm sure that was all, you know, deliberate, uh, you know, allocation decisions at Apple management. But, um, you know, there are two different devices. It, it uh, just comes down to the right tool for the job. It's the same thing that I said before. Like, right. <clears throat> you know, it. 
if if what your satellite device is is something that doesn't necessarily need a keyboard and you're looking for something that's an iOS experience oh, that is stay in touch with these primarily something that you're using that you don't need to type on the type on, on the keyboard you know you can do that you have the mini as an option too uh, now that the, the the iPad mini is an M1 processor in it so there's a lot of ways that that you can get something with an M1 processor in it and have it be a very different interaction mechanism or use case depending on what you're trying to do. So, uh, you know, if you are somebody who needs a lot of storage, you know, maybe you're a photographer or somebody who shoots a lot of video and you need something as an ancillary device in that workflow, then you're golden with something like an M1 iPad, you know, which is mostly a display that you're going to use for things, you know, as opposed to having to have a whole lot of computing power behind it. So the center stage stuff, or not center stage, the the stage, stage manager, manager stuff, um, seems like it might be a good way for some of that to happen depending i'm not really sure but uh like i have an m1 ipad and i really really like it and i use it for completely different things than i use my m1 macbook pro for so um i like it you know it, it's the right tool for the job and i can see where you know somebody can spend a whole lot of money on an ipad pro and not get something you know, and, and get a device that's, that's very different. And, you know, on paper, that same $900 or thousand dollars, depending on, you know, how spec'd out things are, uh, you know, will get you a very different device. And it just depends on what, what it is that you want to do with it. One thing that can. Jim, hang on, let me throw this in and then go. Um, but the things, the notes I had for the iPad or for the, the, the new version of the iOS, the multitasking part, which we, we talked about the stage manager, the virtual memory swap and the full screen support. I mean, so now the only thing you don't have is a keyboard and you can easily add a keyboard third party or Apple. And now suddenly the iPad looks a whole lot like a, a very power, an even more powerful mainstream productivity machine. I'm sorry, Mark, or, or Jim, I interrupted, go ahead. That's okay, maybe I interrupted. Um, I was going to say the one thing that concerns me now that apparently only a really small fraction of the iPads out there are apparently going to support this new multitasking thing. And I, and I saw, you know, I was looking through the videos for for uh, Dub Dub this week to see what I wanted to watch. And I believe I saw that there was one about how to, you know, take your iPad app and, you know, make it uh, stage manager ready. So maybe there's some changes that, you know, to do that well. And, you know, if it's only a small fraction of iPads that will do that, then I'm starting to, wor you know, worry that it's a touch bar kind of thing that developers won't put the effort in if it's, you know, only 3% of the iPads out there, you know, have it. Um, in the chat room, um... Barry says stage manager looks cool, but it still seems like a bunch of overlapping window clutter only divided into subgroups. Yeah, maybe so, but I, I, I'm kind of excited about it because I know how cluttered my machine can become with different things. And this feels like a way that it, this feels like something I definitely will really use and we'll see how it goes in, in reality. Do you have an um, iPad? Yes. Yes. Um, I, I was talking about the Mac side, but you know that now the two experiences are going to be very similar. Um, 
<laughs> Kelly says it gives me strong stacks vibes. Yeah, well, there is that. We took um, your stuff yeah, and we put it, it all in piles for you. Aren't we helpful? Um, yeah. Which honestly terrified me, and I never turned it on because it freaked me right the heck out. Um, you can so, really, you can screw a stacks any way you want to have it set yeah. stacks. Well, and well, yeah, but the the whole point of it is like if you don't want to do it the way Apple wants you to do it, then you know if no, you no, don't no. do it the Apple way, you can't do it at all. Basically, like well, no, you feels... can pick it. You can pick like you know, maybe maybe we're um, crossing errors here, but you could ping separate from JPEGs from PDFs from pages mm -hmm. files and it doesn't those kind of stacks yeah but maybe Which i want sure like I all the different desk. all the different versions of a single file or something and like there was something about it that was like oh yeah you can't do that and i'm like that doesn't seem like an unreasonable thing to want to do and so i just never turned it on and it sort of stressed me out to know that it was a thing they really wanted me to do um i am looking forward to because most of the time what i want to do on my ipad that i cannot do that i can do on my mac and do on my mac all the live long day is flip between two apps really easily or be able to see two windows at the same time very easily and split view is sort of awkward to get into it's yeah. awkward to get out of and switching between them with the bar on the bottom seems to only work with varying degrees of accuracy um you know, is it, is it afternoon? Is it morning? Have I washed my hands recently? Whatever kind of like weird sort of environmental factors go into all of that. You know, have I chanted the appropriate chant to make things switch back and forth smoothly? Like all of that seems sort of weird. And so what I would really like is like they showed, like, here's a window, here's a window. And then I can look at one, I can look at the other one, double check my work, whatever it is I'm trying to do. And then move on with my life. And that like, that is the most basic of things that I feel like the iPad, even before it was M1, even before they put, you know, a desktop class processor in the pro iPad model was something that the iPad was totally capable of hardware wise that the software never actually really utilized very well. And that's what I'm looking forward to. This is like the closest I've come to wanting to install a beta on my daily carry device. And you have an iPad be my iPad. iPad. Like I, I'm, you have an uh, yeah. M1 iPad Pro? I have an M1 iPad Pro. Uh, yeah. And I adore it. And it's such a good device. And it's and I'm like extra frustrated that last year's iPad OS didn't really give me a whole lot that was that was kicking open the door to the, the horsepower that you sold me. You know, like you've given me this Ferrari engine, but you will only let me drive it in first gear. You know, like I know there's a Ferrari engine in there and I know what a Ferrari engine can do. And you're telling me I can only drive in the school zone. And like, that's like a really frustrating thing. So, you know, give me, give me second gear. I know you're not going to give me sixth, but give me second gear, you know, like for a while and let me prove myself. And then, you know, maybe I'll get third if I'm real, real good, you know, and write a letter to Santa, uh, you know, if I, dear Santa cook, here's what I want for Christmas. I've been so good this year. Um, I want to be able to, to do a lot of those things. And I'm not even asking for like, do all of exactly the same things that my Mac can do. We had that conversation. I'm not trying to do that. I want to be able to do the kind of stuff I do on my iPad faster and more efficiently and just have it be great because multitasking is weird and making multitasking better will make my iPad better. And that's really all I want out of it is, is to try that. So let me catch up with the chat room. Um, Robert says an iPad is a very different form factor. You do things with a single slab that you would never want to do with a folding computer. And that's a very fair point. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Brett, Brett says the iPad has always been the device between the, the iPhone and Mac OS. Today's update certainly moved the iPad more towards the Mac end of the spectrum. Good way to look at it. Multitasking on the iPad has always been difficult, so I'm glad to see Apple still trying to solve that. And, you know, I agree with that. Um, oh, yeah, and Robert says, yes, multitasking has been awkward. I love they're trying something. It looks pr- potentially of value. And, and that kind of says it to me too, Robert, that, you know, Stacks, they tried something. Kelly didn't like it. Some people liked it. I didn't like it, but they didn't force me to do it this way. And so that's the impression I'm getting now from stage manager. They're not forcing it, but they're giving you one more way to try to organize things. Is that and, Stacks and, just a finder feature? Yeah. Yeah, so it's way, yeah. you know, way less. It's just a thing in Finder. It's not, this is way more. Yeah. But it yeah, was a thing that was like, if yeah. you don't do it the way Apple wants you to do it, then don't do it at all. And this this right. kind and of feels like that until I can get my hands on it and find out how it actually is going to work. So yeah. And 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 I mean this Apple's done this before. And you know, in fact, all the operating systems have tried and done things. They tried to force you into a way that this is a this is a way to do it. This is the way we think it should be done. And, you know, sometimes it's felt enforced, sometimes not so much. It just, yeah, here's here's something for you to try. When they first showed Stage Manager on the Mac, and I didn't realize they were going to show it on the iPad. I guess some people did. But um, I my first thought was, oh, this is an alternative to Spaces, which mm-hmm. I don't which I don't use. So and I have a feeling I'm probably not going to use this either. But we'll see. Um, but you know, I do like overlapping windows. Like right now, I've got like my Zoom meeting here. I've got the YouTube chat, and I got them all arranged. And again, going back to Federico Vitiki, I was listening to that, and he was like, "Oh, I hate overlapping windows. You know that, that they make him crazy, and he wants to tile them all the time." And he was explaining how he has all these shortcuts so that he never has to have a dreaded uh, overlapping window. So you know, different people are different. Um, I really like, you know, I always have like all these little snibs of, and I know where that is and I can just like, oh yeah, bring that forward. And I've just, you know, so that's, that's the way I like to work. I I like the overlapping windows. I, you know, um, you know, between that and the dock, you know, I can get to things real quick, but everybody's, everybody's different. Yeah. Jeff, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, you've been kind of quiet here about stage manager. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, no, good, bad, excited, not excited. Um, I, I was very excited when I saw stage manager shown off because uh, uh, see, I'm the hybrid when it comes to the the whole window management thing, and I'm closer to what Jim does, uh, but um, spaces could be a really great thing for me, but I don't want to use space or I don't use spaces hardly at all because, uh, because uh, maybe it's just psychological zipping back and forth between desktops is just uh, a weird thing for me, but being able to have uh, uh, a specific, specific set of windows grouped together. So when I like do a command tab, I get the windows 
right there that I'm planning on working with, as opposed to what I do now, which is command tab to the app that I want to work in, then click the other couple windows that uh, that are going to be related to that, even though they're different apps. Um, so yeah, I, I saw this and thought, yep, I'll use the crap out of that. And I'll use the crap out of it on my iPad because this is the the first usable um, um, uh, multi-window or multi-app or multitasking interface that I've seen for the iPad. And then I was horribly disappointed when I looked at the specs and you have to have an M1 uh, uh, iPad Air or iPad Pro to use the feature. And I was like, well, crap. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I'll use it on just my Mac, even though I really need it in both places. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've, I've struggled with spaces. In fact, oh, but only in the last couple of months have I learned to appreciate and love spaces. And I, I don't know what changed in my thinking, but I, I don't know. David, do you are you a Spaces user, and, and how do you feel about st uh, Stage Manager? Um, no, I don't use Spaces that often. Um, I don't find them to be that uh, you know too too overly excited. Um, but uh, you asked me, other uh, something else to find me excited today, or yeah, you, sure, sure, sure. Um, well, I I, I think uh, we haven't really talked touched too much on iOS. Um, I think the messages feature is just phenomenal. I mean, it was just it was uh, being able to edit, delete, and mark them uh, as read and delete. That's huge. I mean, there, there, there's a time you don't you, you want to just completely remove a message. You made a mistake. You want to just get rid of it or start over. You can do that now. Plausible um, deniability. <laughs> there was yeah. no. There was no message. I will there was no, mark as no. unread a dozen times um, a day. But the, uh, and and the edit messages is, is great because you know there, we, we all make mistakes when you type something and especially the way the autocorrect works now now you can go back and fix it um which i think was a was a nice thing that they added with that um the other thing kind of stood up out to me a little bit was carplay i mean i, I god that was amazing with uh with i mean i'm not going to have a car that has the dash that's going to be able to show all those uh features from CarPlay, but it, it, it sounds like CarPlay is going to be able to change the way it sends it to, it to any car. Uh, you know, I have a car, it's about four years old. So uh, it, uh, it I'm looking forward to seeing how, how that works. And I may be tempted to try it with uh, my beta iPhone just to kind of see how it goes. But uh, um, uh, but uh, those are kind of some, there, there, are, there are so many, like I said, like you said, Jeff, they're just, this, this was just, this was packed. I mean, of all the all the days that we didn't get to be actually watching it live, this was the one I, I I'm kind of bummed, but I'm glad I, I'm caught up now and 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 then we got to experience uh, what Apple really uh, announced today. The, the thing well, I wondered well, about CarPlay was what car manufacturer is is going to go for that? I mean, to to do it the way you know Apple is showing, basically. The car manufacturer is going to become completely dependent on Apple. Like, in fact, how is this car going to work if you don't have an iPhone in it? Um, you know, it's showing all the 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 speedometer and and everything. So, how's the car going to work if you've got an Android phone or no phone? And also, well, then, you know, didn't you just get their default interface? Just like now, if you if you have a CarPlay maybe, compatible but, head, you know, then I, even you get CarPlay even only if your phone's outside, there. You know, let's say that's true, but it's still, you know, they're they're going to have, 
you know, Apple was basically crawling up totally up inside all the insides of the car. And, you know, is Apple assuring these people that we're never going to make a car? Because if if they're going to be a competitor, you know, why would Ford want, you know, Apple completely taking over the UI of the, uh, of the car with the competitor? That's what that's what seems like a potential problem to me that, you know, that, that this has got to have the car manufacturers buy in. So uh, it it sounded to me that this this is going to be a technology that um, that car manufacturers are going to are slowly starting to adopt, and and that that's where it comes into play. I don't think you'll be forced to use uh, CarPlay in order for it to display as they were showing, from my what I understood watching today, uh, because you know, there's going to be you know there's no way a car manufacturer is going to make it and expect that every single person is going to be wanting to use CarPlay. Um, in their car well so that means will. the car manufacturer has to duplicate you know not, I, 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 I'm not just, necessarily i'm just you know wondering what car man you know look how long it took to adopt carplay period and that's just a little square that does entertainment and now yeah. they're showing this thing that's like basically every user you know you're going to control the air conditioning you're going to see the tachometer you know everything and and you know they're showing an example where basically there was no user interface from the car manufacturer showing. Now, okay, yeah, probably since everybody doesn't have an iPhone, the car is yeah. going to have to have some UI that it has without CarPlay. But I, I'm just skeptical that a car manufacturer is going to be like, yeah, Apple, come in and we're gonna we're gonna let you take over everything, and you know, and then if Apple things screws up, then yeah, the car but Android Auto might be compatible too, because most of these CarPlay units are both, right? Right, mm -hmm. but, but 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 that is only you know maps and entertainment. It's not for now. Wired I wonder, into, if, you know, the dash, you know. Yeah, unit. I'm just wondering if Google's gonna have some kind of partnership with them too, where you plug in your Android and it lights up all your screens too. Yeah. But Jim, to answer your question though, um, I, I read an article later today, and and I don't have it handy, but Jaguar, um, Porsche, I think Volvo, um, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're, they had a whole list of oh, yeah. companies that are committed mm -hmm. to this. You know, so it's it's already well, that there. doesn't mean that they're going to implement it the way Apple showed it today, though. Well, I think I I'm well, just like CarPlay now. It's going to be an all or nothing. They might they might tailor it for you. I don't know. I don't see. I don't. I. I don't see how that could be with the way this is so tied into the guts of the car. I mean, the way the I operation of the car. I wonder if it uses the OBC port somehow. Because that's the only way I know how to do it right now. Mark. Yeah, the way I interpreted this, this, you know, I really, I saw this and I snicker. I figure, okay, this is just, this is just high concept stuff. We'll have to see what actually happens. You know, for many of the reasons uh, Jim outlined, yeah, but uh, I may not be as pessimistic as Jim because I, the sense I had is this was basically offering an alternative Apple-based uh, UI, you know, to uh, to the to the functions on the car, and, and you know, and you know, I can see that sort of the high-end prestige brands that Chuck was mentioning, you know, that they want to make sure that uh, there's no no stupid reason that somebody won't buy from them and they buy from their competitor like oh they want you know they want to use an apple device you know for their interface so 
that's the that's the sense in which I interpreted this. Do I expect Ford or GM to do it? Absolutely not. To expect Tesla, you know, or Rivian or any of these other companies to do it, I expect they'll probably just all have some minimal sort of you know support for whatever this version of CarPlay is called. But uh, you know, I I think it's um, it's Apple just slowly extending the creep of their ecosystem and partnering with uh, willing partners who think that uh, it's necessary to, you know, let Apple get, uh, you know, its nose into their business. And so, and I should clarify that, you know, I would buy that car that they were showing. I, I, I loved it. I, you know, I thought that, that, you know, in fact, I, you know, I've thought for 10 years that, you know, why can't avion you know, the electronics and cars be like avionics and planes, where you can just pull mm-hmm. out a segment and upgrade it. And, you know, there, there are 55 year old, you know, 60 year old Cessna airplanes running around with uh, all glass navigation cop- cockpits, you know, um, and, you know, the electronics changes so fast and software changes so fast. And, you know, uh, cars don't, you know, people don't buy a new car every year or, you know, uh, and I especially don't my car, current car I've had for 16 years. So I'd like to be able to update the software, you know, which is, I think what, you know, Apple, you know, if you had something like what Apple was showing, then your car could last longer because you you could, you could upgrade it as, as new things became available. So I think it'd be awesome. I'm just, you know, I, I'm just expressing technical, you know, looking at it as a developer and an engineer and like, you know, and and the fact that and the fact that Apple you know is supposedly going to make a car now they've never said that but they you know but it's it's like the world's worst kept secret maybe it won't ever happen but I you know I would I would think that before car manu- manufacturers let Apple take over the whole UI of the car they would want some assurance that you're not going to be our competitor. So let me pull the chat chat room in here. Um, Robert says much of what they spoke for, spoke of for Apple Car for CarPlay will be for future cars. I'm believing that CarPlay was a bit of Apple's dream rather than anything like the announcement of a new Apple product. Mark says a lot of that data is already available via a generic OBD2 connection. It seems like these cars are offering that option to allow CarPlay to display its view instead of the default built-in display. Uh, Cletus says seems like a lot of future things mixed in. Um, Robert says Apple was showing how the auto manufacturers could implement it rather than what they would be doing. That's all about the future, and Apple does not know what they really will implement. Yeah, that's true. Um, and Brett says, I think the point of CarPlay demo was to show how flexible the design will be for future cars. And I so, think they did say, look for this in 2024. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a while. Yeah. Well, but I, it, it, well, is 2024 a while or is it around the corner? That's around the corner for EVs. Yeah. Yeah. And and also, I mean, think about it. If the, the as slow as the car manufacturers are to, to adopt things, Apple's got to be announcing this stuff now so that they can start to talk about it. And somebody correct me, but didn't didn't whoever was doing the announcement of CarPlay say that it's in like some ungodly number of cars now, like 74% or something? Might be in China. China has a, a like I don't remember how many car manufacturers doing EVs. It was ninety? Yeah, but, no, ninety something. Talking about CarPlay. It was, yeah. it, it was a pretty it, high, 
high number. She said nine, it was in the yeah. 90s, and then she said 70% of people said they wouldn't buy a car without CarPlay. Yeah. I, I, but it I wouldn't would. be for cars on the road. That would only be for new cars. Right. I think that's what they said. Yeah. Unless, 90% of as, new cars are coming with CarPlay. Unless, as Jeff said in our private chat room, that there, there's, there would be a market for third-party uh, CarPlay head units. I, I can mm. totally see uh, well, go for that. Uh, third party uh, dash replacements for oh, the new yeah. car play. And Jim, you're yeah. laughing, but I am absolutely serious. I mean, the number of people that that flip out over uh, wanting car play in their car and wanting to have a have complete control over the interface <laughs> is a lot higher than a lot of people realize. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, and if you have a car that doesn't support CarPlay today, the aftermarket for that is huge. I mean, like so if much have, so. If you have that, a newer car, then a lot of people are very against ripping out their head units for something like that. If it's an older car. They want. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but yeah, that's I mean, who's going to do it. Because if it's a newer car, it already has CarPlay. So right, you're not right. going to rip out a head unit. But uh, but the fact that that people are willing to do this tells me that uh, with, with the enthusiasm that people already have for the platform, there are people out there that will be more than happy to pay a couple thousand bucks to get a replacement dashboard for, for their car so that they can add in the full CarPlay interface and uh, and it, it'll be a shut up and take my money thing. And yeah. uh, wonder and, if you could get like an uh, iPad-y screen that you could put in front of you like uh, on your car, just make it look like the thing I demoed today to get the three screens going. So I want an aftermarket thing in the front of me, an aftermarket monitor here and there. Seriously. So somebody sure. will come up with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, web, web, web got me. Um, per the Verge, Apple says 98% of all new cars already have CarPlay and 79% of users consider the feature before buying a car. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's, those are some pretty good numbers. There's no question. Our panel is back in the next edition of Mac Voices to talk more about the announcements at Apple's WWDC keynote and what they mean for the future of all the Apple platforms. That's next time on Mac Voices. I hope you'll join us. Until then, and as always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com Bandwidth provided by CashFly at CashFly.com.